Yeah, my dad built her. 900 horses of Detroit muscle. It's a beast. Know what she ran in Palmdale? No, what did she run? Nine seconds flat. My dad was driving. So much torque, the chassis twisted coming off the line. Barely kept her on the track. So what's your best time? I've never driven her. Why not? Scares the shit out of me. That's my dad. He's coming up in the pro stock car circuit. Last race of the season. Uh, a guy named Kenny Linder came up from inside in the final turn and clipped his bumper and put him into the wall at 120. Um, I watched my dad burn to death. I remembered hearing him scream. Hello and welcome to episode 175 of Do You Expect Us Talk? I'm Becca and as always joined by my fellow co-hosts and co-drivers Chris and Dave. How are you both? Good evening folks. Living life a quarter of an inch of a mile. Of what the fuck <laughs> is? Quarter, quarter of an inch of a mile. Of mile. <laughs> Brilliant. Okay. Uh, that's the sort of expertise uh, Chris and I will bring to discussion of cars during this. <laughs> and at that point, he presses the go faster bit. <laughs> Well, yeah, because you'll see, like, you know, the, the, the rear cars, you know, he's got a green one, there's, there's a red one. Yeah, that, that's, yeah. yeah. The silver one. And, and, the, and there's and, an and, old one, and there's an old one with some kind of toaster sat on the top of it as well. And and, 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 and there's one where the roof curve sort of goes down as well, so if you can... You roof can goes down. Some some that sounds really weird. Uh, <laughs> <yeah>. So, <laughs> yeah, so... Uh, what series is this then before everyone goes what you're on about? <laughs> okay, so. <laughs> We're off to a I'm laughing too hard. <laughs> Quarter of an inch of a mile. <laughs> Going very slowly. Mm. Mind you, we are. Um, we do have four mo- a lot of men for um, misreporting lengths. <laughs> like I did last week. <laughs> Yeah, it, it, yeah, much like uh, what's his face in uh, uh, the Rise of Skywalker, you know, of like you know, like ten, like raise our army by tenfold, or like oh, no, was it, oh, no, no, what was it? Oh, ten thousand fold. That was it. Yeah, yeah, it's just like oh, I don't think it is, you know. <laughs> Going into pretty Patel category, uh, ten, no territory. Dear, dear. Oh, she's just putting your numbers. Uh, <laughs> anyway, I know. She's, uh, what made me laugh was. Um, I'm not going to get very political, but but all the way through, the people have been going, why is the Home Secretary being hidden from us? This is a disgrace. She appeared once, and no one's asked for her since. <laughs> it's just like, no, no, you're all right. You could say it could be like an ingenious ploy, just just, 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 just go on, fluff something, and people go like, oh, okay, never mind. And then you can just well, sort of get on with... Yeah, yeah, and, and that's Then she's quite busy. 
that's kind of all everyone talked about after yeah. that day as well. So you just think, well, that actually kind of worked. So yeah. Yeah, it could be method of the madness. <laughs> People yeah, are dying. I, I'm sorry you feel that way. <laughs> it's like... <laughs> it's like... Thanks, I think. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Achieves nothing, pretty. Yeah. So, anyway, yeah. sorry. Anyway, carry on, Becca. Well, I, I was going to do that line, and I've got it literally caught at my at a time in big letters, just so I wouldn't say a quarter of an inch. But, yes, after the amazing <coughs> three series run of John Wick, we are now starting a new review series, Fast and Furious series, which I'm very excited to get to. Too because fast. I still and... know nothing about cars. Too fast and too furious. Yeah, I don't think any of us know much much about cars. So uh, this no. could be embarrassing in some regard. But you I know, did. I thought, at the end, I thought I'd try and find some fun facts about cars. But I was like, no, I'll just do them about the film instead. But well, I may try and find some fun facts. No fun one would. Cars see, uh, whilst I think the implicit people probably understand you've gone and looked those fa- facts up somewhere. We could probably get away with the idea that maybe you just knew it. But if you start talking knowledge of any of us start talking knowledge about, about cars, people will just go, "Well, that's bollocks, isn't it?" They know. No, there's like the odd Bond car. We were, we were there when they were talking about Bond, and they knew colours, and that was it. <laughs> I could tell. I could tell you about the the Honda motorbike that he drove in you know, and the Toyota 2000 GT that he drives in. He only lived twice, but that's about it. Bond cars is fine, but that's like my knowledge of cars. That's confined to that canon. Yeah, but that's naming them. That's not knowledge. Oh, <laughs> I know what they are. <laughs> I know about kittens and knitting when that suffice. Bond and kitten, kittens and knitting. Kitten mittens. James Bond will this return amazing. in. in kitten knitting. <laughs> <laughs> Bond got that. <laughs> uh, just to reassure anyone listening, you've got nine weeks of this. <laughs> There's me thinking, oh, should we just stop this and do it and start again? But no, this uh, is gold. <laughs> no, it's all right. Uh, so, um, yes, so tonight we start a review series, Fast and Furious, starring Paul Walker, Vin Diesel, Jarro, Michelle Rodriguez, John Brewster, and Rick Yoon, with original music by BT, no, not that one, otherwise known as Brian Transit, script by Gary Scott Thompson, Eric Bergquist, David Ayer, our friend David Ayer, don't we know, based on the 1998 Vibe yeah. article, Race X by Kenneth Lee. Street races in That's like Top Gun being based on a photo, isn't it? <laughs> Didn't you know it was based on a magazine article? Based on a flyer. <laughs> based on the thing what I wrote. Anyway, directed by Rob Cohen and released in 2001. Oh my god. Well, I would say that makes me feel old, but I didn't actually see it till 2013. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, my history with the series is um, this came out when I was about 24 something like that and i took one look at it and thought and and turned my nose up while snootily drinking a cup of tea and wearing a monocle probably i got (laughs) very i I got very fucking pretentious about it there was no way i was going to go and see this and if i'd been tempted to get involved in the series afterwards calling the second one too fast too furious put paid to that so i just thought it was going to be a load of dumb shit so anyway they just carried on being released. I mean, there was quite a gap in the early days between some of them. I mean, Tokyo Drift, which we'll get to, felt a little bit... I mean, I haven't re-watched it, so this isn't a quality thing, more a sort of feel of the series. Felt like we were getting very close to director-DVD sort of 
territory. And I don't think it was until Fast and Furious in 2009 with uh, Justin Lin. Well, I think Justin Lin might have done Tokyo Drift as well, actually. Yeah. But certainly getting some elements of the original cast back together and, and the people that we'd met you know, through the first couple of films as well. From 2009, it starts morphing towards the series we know. But I still wasn't interested. Um, yeah, I just wasn't interested at all. And then Fast 6 came out in may 2013 in this country anyway and a friend of mine said we're going to see it and i just said really okay so i walked in and again still totally i might as well have walked in in a smoking jacket i was such a fucking snob about this series because i walked in took one look at an amassed array of like crew cuts and tattoos and (laughs) thought this is not my audience right um and I sat down and watched it and absolutely loved it to the point I went to see it a second time. So Fast Six, I mean, it it's a little bit dumb in its way, but it's got it's got, actually got a surprising amount of heart and it's quite fun. And, and you could tell that most of this crew had quite a bit of chemistry as well. And we'll get to all that as we go through the, the weeks that follow. What I then did is went and bought the one to five box set on like Blu-ray just to see the original, you know, the first five. And it was really disappointing, actually, because I didn't actually enjoy any of them till Fast Five. (laughs) Um, Whether I still feel the same about the first few, we'll obviously get to. But I was then in, and the films have been sort of released fairly um, regularly since then. Uh, Obviously, Paul Walker died about four months after I sort of first saw most of the films, and about six months after I saw the first one of the lot. Um, so, yeah, I've got not that long a history with the film. It's it's only like seven years now when you think this has been running for 19. I avoided it like the plague. I watch it now. I enjoy them. Uh, do I still look down my nose a little bit at them? Not really, but I will sort of... They are a little bit... I will still talk of them occasionally like they're a bit special needs in that, like, I find myself talking about Fast Five, which is the best of the series in my view. And I always call it a dumb Ocean's Eleven. And that there's kind of, that's very faint praise and a bit patronising, to say the least. It's like Ocean's Eleven if you knock its IQ to the floor. And whether, I, whether I'm going to do that through the series, I don't know. Um, but that's my history with the series. What about you guys? Uh Becky, you're fairly new new to the series, aren't you? I, I, I yes. Um, I probably haven't seen like the most recent ones. Um, I've not seen like Hobbs and Shaw as yet. Um, spoiler alert! It's shit. Spoiler alert! <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, yeah. Well, I was, yeah, I was doing some reading around the series. I have. I have seen them, but I've probably seen them like once at the cinema. Around around the time it came out, I was kind of like what sixteen, seventeen. Dating um, this guy who was a petrol head, but despite the fact he was driving a Vauxhall Nova. Um, yeah, but that's what all teenage petrol well, exactly, exactly. Did it have spoilers on it and shit? It had a big ass spoiler, oh, and it had yeah. little things over the headlights to make it look like it was scowling. Have your tastes improved since at all? Or do you still? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, carry on. I like to think I hope so. I don't know. Dearie me. Anyway, go on. I don't know. I've since up with guys who don't drive Vauxhall Novas. So. Well, that's a step in the right direction. <laughs> so maybe I'm going up. Yeah. No, yeah, obviously, you know, some sort of Saxo now, folks. Oh, welcome way up to uh, 
some kind of Toyota, I guess. <laughs> God knows. Yeah, I think these films came out when I was kind of like 16, 17, so I'll probably go to see them at the cinema, you know, my mates and said Pedro had boyfriend at the time. Um, probably haven't seen them since. I sort of saw them again probably, yeah, around that sort of time when they kind of, as you say, they've kind of morphed into the series that we know them now, kind of around like the mid, <laughs> mid-2000s. Um, and just kind of, you know, gone from there and just, just treat them as a bit of fun, really. I mean, if you go in and see one of those films, your IQ's probably going to drop a little bit. Um but as I say, that it is, I am quite looking forward to the series because it's interesting to see how how it's progressed from, you know, sort of a series of films about like the underground racing scene, especially when we get to Tokyo Drift as well. Um, and to look at the cultural implications of that too, um, to also see how it kind of has evolved into kind of being all about the stunts and, and the cars um, and the special effects um, and pyrotechnics, for example, as well, which is kind of what we know the series to be today. Um, I'm trying to... Um, imbue this with a bit of cultural significance but I don't know if it's going to work um, but no as I say yeah, I'm relatively new to these films I've probably seen them all about once-ish and um, well yeah but as I say apart from the recent ones so I'm looking forward to learning more about them anyway how about you Chris? Uh, yeah well you know it's kind of similar to Dave though I mean I remember seeing the first film on DVD um, because I heard like good because it actually got good reviews on Empire and things like that uh, and you know, on the on the face of it, or kind of some state, it it wasn't like a film that necessarily spoke to me. It was like I'm not really into cars. Um, you know, the whole like it just and they seemed... do rather mass. They do rather ma- through the series. They do rather masturbate over them a bit, don't they? Well, I mean, it it, it is like sort of aimed at like that petrol. Uh, sort yeah, yeah, yeah. Of, I, that I, element. I, I, as, as for everything I've just said, I, I don't mean any insult in that. Just like. I can see why this ain't for you. Though, though, you know, looking back now, like sort of looking, I'm looking at the film now. It's a, you know, I suppose in all the films, like the cars are just basically their eye candy. You know, mm. they they have no real like. I mean, you know, me, me, Dave can like watch Fast and Furious, and our opinion of the film has no reflection on any what what cars are in. Do you, do you know what I mean? No. Like you know, if you know, no. if you know, although if they were all driving Vauxhall Novas, we might not be quite as excited. <laughs> no, yeah, but yeah, but do you know what I mean? It's like it's that'd um, be like the English version. It doesn't really sort of add or take away. It's just like it's just the scene, and it's just like oh, it's just a bit all shiny, shiny. You know, it's 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 like you know they're there. If you know your cars, then you can like sort of spot it. But doesn't it impact like uh, the characters of the story or or anything like that? They're just kind of like if anything. At best, of plot devices. Do you know what I mean? So, yeah, I don't Although think if it, it really was matters. British, Dom would have probably inherited a Triumph Dolomite, and uh, and it would be probably be called the Speedy and the Right Browned Off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um. yeah. <laughs> so. Right. <laughs> have you seen most of them at the cinema course? Did, no, you know, I actually it... haven't because I, I saw the first film on on uh, DVD and I, and to be honest, I found it kind of wanting. Uh, but mm. then I was a bit of an action head. I think there wasn't like a lot of like action in, in it that I would consider. You know, there wasn't the basically sort of like killings. That's basically what I, my my chief complaint would be. Hardly <laughs> yeah. oh, anyone gets shot in the face here. <laughs> Fucking I, hell! I know, I know. It's so yeah. Anyway. So it is actually quite neutered. I don't know what its rating was. It's the one of the few things I've sort of forgot to look up. 
It would have um, been a 12, I'm sure. It's got to be PG-13, 12, yeah. I yeah, would, I would say. I think it's a PG-13, um, so maybe, maybe like a 12, 12A. I, I can understand that now, given what the series has become. But if you pitched this film back to, to me in 2001, I might have thought it might be a bit harder than that. Mm. But I don't know. It, I think I, I did, um, in terms of like the editing, it did... I mean, to get it to a PG-13, there was, like, for example, with the, the heist, spoiler alert, the heist at the end with um, the guy's arm. I think that was quite graphic. And also the fight um, near the near the, the beginning of the film um, had to have some watering down, I think, so I gather. It's not as big a sort of spread as what I'm about to say, but I, I can't think of as big a spread of films since we did the Rocky series in the, if you, you take the least extreme entry and the most extreme entry. Um, the difference with Rocky is they definitely feel a different series, like one and four are so different, but just the way the stakes and scale expand and the fallibility or otherwise of the characters and stuff, it, it just becomes, it becomes quasi sort of superhero. Um, you know, so they go for, I mean, we'll talk about the plot of this film. It couldn't be more of its time. And when you look back on it, you couldn't make this film now with an identical plot because there's so many things in it that were just early 2000s. But just the scale of it. I mean, this big crime syndicate they want to take down and they're knocking off, you know, it's knocked off DVD players. Mm. I mean, it, it, it's it's a bit more serious than that because they're armed robberies. Um, it isn't stuff that fell off the back of vans. But at the same time compare that to where the series goes i mean we're one step away from the president calling them personally in the new films <laughs> thank you Brian. Um, you know and, and we're going to parachute our cars out of this plane as when we get to seven and things like that and you know they they, they become like a, an infamous crew you know and stuff like that famous and infamous in that like the fbi will get help from them and stuff so it does go in a very very different direction to go back to this I think my only fears would have been that it's a bit like, and I guess I mean this in a positive way, sort of, in that I was a bit nervous when we did Marvel about going back to Iron Man. Not because Iron Man was anything other than very good, but it was lower budget, less action, and also we just seemed like Iron Man palling about on other planets. And we've got, you know, with, you know, um, tech on him that can like form out of nanites and things like that. And we've got to go back to him like literally putting a screwdriver to like the footpiece and stuff. Um, and actually it worked when we went back to it. And I think you have to switch off where the film's going, but what watched on its own terms, it does feel a little bit small scale, but it hangs together pretty much as a story. We'll go. Yeah. We? It, it does kind of whip along there. It's got, you know, it's a fairly recent, uh, fairly decent <laughs> running time. Well, um, it, uh, for me, it's yeah. so long. I, there's no aspect of it that well, kind of dragged particularly. It's 106 minutes, and what I did was I didn't look them all up, but I looked up Fast Seven and Fast Eight because uh, Hobbs and Shaw's a spin-off anyway. Uh, the running times are 30 minutes and 31 minutes longer than this, respectively. They do get it's, a little bit longer as they go along. This has a 38 million budget. Well, compared to that, to what's coming in future weeks, and by Fast Seven, they were two in over a billion. This took a couple hundred million. So this is a different scale of film altogether. On its plus side, like you say, they've started to get very bloated. I think the sweet spot is somewhere in the middle of this series from memory. I've not seen them very often myself. Um, Probably after Tokyo Drift. 
Yeah, after this, um, but as for like my opening thoughts on this film, I had a better time with it than I expected. Um, I also had a few very ironic laughs of it. A, because a, it really is dated. It's got some funny slow motion in certain places. Um, it's the most homoerotic film I've seen since, seen since Top Gun. <laughs> I, I mean, on, honestly, there's a I, reason I, behind that. I think basically the char- the unspoken thing is the characters had sex those two had sex after every scene they were together in but it was angry and animalistic early on and later on it becomes much more loving and tender <laughs> of making and i think if you if you watch it with that in your head it it actually kind of makes sense because there's a bit where they're sat at like a beachside bar having a i, I don't know what they're drinking like a coffee or whatever or beer, whatever it corona. is. And yeah, it, I think yeah, it might be a corona. First drink is, we only drink Corona here. I just thought, product <laughs> on an unknown franchise. There you go, anyway. Um, well, Paul, uh, yeah, product placement Paul is a big thing in, in this series as well. Paul Walker says to him, uh, or Brian says to Dom, whatever it is you're involved with, I want in. And then the way it's shot, it's shot fairly romantically because they're sat against the slightly setting sun. And then they look longingly at each other for a while. And I, I, the thought entered my head that the script probably said, then they make love. Then they kiss. And honestly, I will never watch this film without that thought again. And in fact, towards the end of the film, Dom has quite a dangerous crash. And it is literally because he's looking lovingly at Paul. He spends too much time with him. But he's quite beautiful. He's a beautiful man that we lost too, you know, honestly, too early. He crashed because he was busy staring at Paul Walker. <laughs> in, in his in luscious uh, uh, frosted locks. His bleach frosted locks. He was very handsome, so, you know, there's that to contend with. But actually, there are, you know, some some opinions that say this could be a release remake of Point Break. So well, I think that's, it is Point I, I think Break. That, that, yeah, that, that argument is, is valid. I didn't rewatch Point Break because I didn't want to, so if it's not, I'm not that into the idea. I nearly did, but I didn't bother. But, um, yeah, it, it's um, there's yeah, and there, there's always a little bit of sort of falling in love with the bad guy. It's not meant to be romantic. I'm half joking, but there's it is a little in places. There's a little shot, bit like that. Well, there's a little yeah, bit like that. Shot quite humorously in that. Yeah, they, they actually look a bit in love with each other here. Well, there's yeah. Walker. He can say no. You know, I don't think so. It is a it is a bro. I mean, there is truth to what you say, Dave. I mean, obviously, it's not quite like oh that they're fucking every scene. You know, yeah, but, so it's not kind of but, on the nose. But it's, it is a bromance. It is in a way. It, is, it, it works in the same way. So, like you know, for all intents and purposes, there is a growing like, relationship based on love. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, just, but not, it, just, just not the. It's platonic, the but it just so on the nose that it just plays as a. <laughs> do you know what I mean? So. Um, and, and, and it doesn't help that the women in this are shockingly sidelined. In that the first one I saw was six. Yeah. And it's the first time where I realised, be careful who you tag, or be careful who's tagged when you reply, because only dickheads who are like having a go at a film tag the person they're having a go at. That's just mm. rude. Um, but I replied to somebody who said something about Jordana Brewster, and I didn't realise she was tagged, or if I did realise, I didn't notice, or something like that. And I replied with, <laughs> "That's about as much. That's even more. That's more attention than she got in Fast Six. 
in that she was hardly in it. And mm. she actually replied to me. She was polite, but she pr- replied with, ooh, burn, or something ooh. like that. Fresh the same. It was like, I, I kind of don't well, disagree, but you think you're being clever there, sort of thing. Well, to be fair, Dave, it's, it's not necessarily a criticism. You could, you, you could be saying that as a fan. Like, what's more, Gerard well, Brewster? I was, no, no, I was. It was, <laughs> a, it was a fact, you know. That's why she didn't reply nastily. But yeah. I thought maybe, when I watched some out of sequence, I thought by then they were just not sure what to do with her character, for example. Because Letty's a fairly big part of Six because of where her character goes. Mm. She's fairly central to that film. And I thought maybe they've done all the romance with those two characters in early films and now they don't know what to do with her. Then you come back to this film and literally Michelle Rodriguez and Jordana Brewster are literally there as spunk receptacles. That's it. They get a bit of a love scene each. Oh, gosh. And that's it. I mean, I couldn't believe, because Michelle Rodriguez was a little bit of a name by this point, and she's hardly in it. I think uh, of all the, all the female characters, she's probably, like, the most famous, and she is, I mean, she's known for kind of playing, like, tough, tough chick, tough girl she roles. Does, she does all right out of the series as a whole, but she's really shortchanged here. I think, generally, a lot of the women are in the say... series. Let's just say hypothetically, she like as shortchanged as like say the other members of the crew, because I think her role is basically like a member of the crew. I mean, she happens to be Dom's girlfriend, but that's just like uh... that doesn't give her any more like currency. They just because yeah. she's got that position. I'm sat here three or four hours later, and I can probably only name Vince. So yeah. there's probably something in what you're saying, but. The relationships. I it's, mean, it's mainly between the two leads, really, I mean, isn't it? You don't really with, find certainly out. Certainly with Brian, I've just been joking that he's in love with Dom and that's why he joins. But half, half the reason he gets drawn in is Mia and they don't do a lot to sell it. They kind of, what makes me smile is when she when he turns up at the house with Dom after like their early meetings and there's a party going on. Firstly, Jordana Brewster realises uh, Brian's walking in and immediately whips off her top to change. And the camera work is brief enough that you don't see anything, but it implies nudity. Then it cuts to downstairs. I've just and got two parts heads. Oh, what was that? Never mind. <laughs> yeah. Then it cuts to downstairs and it's two women kissing. And I'm just thinking, I would find that progressive if you didn't know that like your key audience is 15. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> It was a little bit. Look, look guys, cars, gunfire, titties. <laughs> it's pretty much it. I just love how the, how the party just implied that like everyone gets one corona each and that's it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, literally a stingy party. Oh my gosh. Yeah, it reminded me of the party like she tried to run in space or something. <laughs> it was just like. Oh my god. <laughs> um, it, Worst it's... movie parties. Yeah, it was. Um... I don't know. It, it's not. Or a party where you can either drink Corona or Snapple I mean, is the other if, one. You look at something like The Shawshank Redemption, and the only woman in it is his dead wife in the opening scene of the film, and she's got no dialogue. So, I mean, there are perfectly fine films out there with little, little to no female time. It's not a question of like running a clock. They didn't really pass the Bechdel test. But, but. I I felt even by the standards of this being like a boys' film, they were just a little bit shortchanged. But given that they are, one is in a very deep relationship with Dom, as we learn, they've been together for like a long time, and the other one is the catalyst for like drawing Brian into the team in the first place. So to just basically have them in a couple of love scenes and that's about it, it is a bit weak. Mm-hmm. 
it particularly as it drives Vince's antipathy towards Brian and you think, well, you've seen no evidence of his unrequited love before he sort of loses his rag anyway. Yeah, but, I mean, it's always hard yeah. that when you do these kind of bromances thing and they have a love interest because, you know, mm. one has to give, doesn't it? And so you think, well, what's the main one? Well, it's the one between, you know, Brian and Dom. Yeah, so, no, that's true. That's true. So, it's, it's, it's not a major fault, but it was noticeable. Mm. And I think it was noticeable through, like, 2018 to 2020 eyes in that these things have become more noticeable and again you look at something like the Irishman and people complain about Anna Paquin's lack of dialogue and I think you've absolutely missed the point of the character entirely her silence is the point and um, so it isn't a question of you know she only had 19 seconds of screen time you know I mean it's not it's not about that it's about the fact that I think if you pitched this film now, during the development process, this execs would be pointing this out. They they may not massively change the film, but they would just be pointing out and saying, you've got to give those those two ladies something more to do. Just something. Because at the moment, we're not feeling any of the character motivations that are linked to them. Um, but, I mean, they make up with it. Show more tits. I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, at least at least show some math. If you, yeah. The guys get topless. What more do you want? Eh? Well, I don't know. Muff, I think. Yeah, no, no. Chris was right. Um, yeah, I mean, they they make up from memory. They make up for it to a degree with Michelle Rodriguez. I don't really mem- remember too much of Jordana Brewster after this point, other than. I don't know if she was in it, unfortunately. She was wasted. The other thing I think going back and watching this the wrong way round is it's a bit like when you go and see a band and like, but they're a band from 30 years ago and they're still using the same name, but you've got one person you know and a bunch of like new people. (laughs) That's what looking at Dom's crew in this film is like. Because it's all like, he's got a crew, but it's none of the ones we know. So, it, it, yeah, we, we've just got used to these people who've turned up year in, year out in the films that follow, and, and none of them are here, apart from the main two. Yeah, it is pretty, it's pretty much them, because um, Vince shows up in five, uh, and that's it, really. Don't hear about the, the other one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um uh, the thing with yeah, the thing with Vince is when you watch the opening credits to six and it's got a run through the series, you actually see what happens to him mm-hmm. effectively. And I was I kept waiting for it in this film because I'd forgotten. But um, I don't know how dated this whole street racing scene is. I don't I don't know if that still goes on. I mean, there were times I was watching it, particularly with that sort of race wars bit of the film, where they're set up like it's a fucking county show or something. And I'm thinking there doesn't look much undercover about this, given they're in a big public area and they've all put up like tarpaulins and tents, you know? Yeah. It looks like a big like festival, doesn't it? Like it does. It looks like it, 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 that doesn't look like you could get this down and get on the run very quickly, but I don't know. But maybe people who are from sort of the West coast might tell us that this does exist, even if you know, obviously probably so you can go back and read the original article. I don't know if he's done like a follow up on it since, for example. I, I, I don't read that magazine, unfortunately. Uh, but it was interesting it to go back and read. Becca. Yes, I know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> surprise myself. 
Um, but no, you don't. You don't read the Wanking Carboretta Monthly. <laughs> Certainly not. No, it was interesting to go back and read kind of Lee's article, because um, it's yeah, you know, it's a world that we don't um, circulate indefinitely. <laughs> um, if it's as I say, if it's vaguely related to Bond, then that's that's it pretty much. Um, but that kind of like, like everything that that's all I know just you know from from reading that article, unfortunately. So, but yeah, it's it's worth a read if you want to go back and read that fascinating but as i say i you know I, I couldn't i don't know if this film would well if these series provide like an accurate snapshot of what the um of what the cultural landscape is like you know is like now i've absolutely no idea i mean that so much of it is different as i say only on the basis that the big hard crew in this are, are stealing dvd players and the like and um from there to where we go big bank heists and uh being chased by a uh submarine and the rock flexing his arm to fix it (laughs) and vehicular warfare in downtown LA Um, we go a long way from this so I tried to take it for what it was I think what I would say is um, well firstly I didn't realise Vin Diesel was ever this young and the thing is, I would have He does watched... look young, doesn't he? Not that, well, not I mean, that he looks I, old I, now. But... I mean, I would have watched it, him at the time in things, but the ageing process is so subtle and he's always been bald anyway that when you actually go back and watch this and he's, what, £30 lighter or whatever, and, like, you can still see the outline of a hairline and things like that, um, you just realise how young he looks. And obviously, Paul Walker in his luscious locks looks you very... Know, he never aged, he looks well. the same, whatever he's in. You think so? I think Paul Walker looked significantly older by the time he died. He looked very well. He looked very good for forty, but mm. obviously with the with the sort of blonde highlights, it, it may just be sun bleach. Yeah, that's true. But he still looks that, good though. That's very youthening, if that's a word. Um, yeah. So we can see the beginnings of it here. I I thought they did have real chemistry. Those two. I can. You know. You see. Vin Diesel tweet or comment now when it's the anniversary of Paul Walker's death or they're making another film and something happens on set in sort of tribute to him. And I don't think it's just a brand awareness thing. You watch it here and you go, I think these two actually kind of love each other. And I mean that with no jokey element to it at all. They do have a chemistry um, that that is very, very difficult to replace. Ironically, The Rock and Vin Diesel sort of have a chemistry, but it's very, very different. Um, so yeah, there's something here that you can see what, what gets lost after, well, the sixth really, but the seventh will get to it all. Maybe we should tweet him. So they were doing the series and see what he says. Yeah. We, yeah. Maybe, maybe listen, later don't, on. Don't listen though. Cause we're implying you look really old now <laughs> <laughs> by definition of saying. It's always, always good. How different. No, I mean, I, I like I, for all the talk of Vin Diesel and, egomania and stuff like that at this point there are no issues and you can see stuff that gets echoed later even them sat around the table in the yard eating well that's very like the end of the sixth film and i'm sure something's in between and saying prayers funnily enough i don't remember him saying my family in this film at all so that fetishization of his crew will will kick in later it's not quite as car obsessed as i thought um, there are some interesting shots in it in the, um, you know, putting the foot down and then sort of the virtual camera taking us through the car and out the exhaust. Um, that sort of stuff's kind of interesting. Some of it's dated really badly. They were, they're trying to go in and out of cars, very like they've tried recently in the Netflix film Extraction that came out last week. 
Um, but the effects aren't quite there, so it all looks a bit blue screen. But for a $38 million film in, in the infancy of CG, it's not too bad at all. Yeah, I, that, all that going in and out of cars during the racing just remind me of a DMX video. Uh, a DMX video? Yeah. Don't think I've, I don't get the reference. Oh, no, no but it, it, it's that kind of like, that kind of hip-hop kind of like, you know, go, right. going inside the car and getting going inside the engine and can zoom in and out, zo- zoom in ahead, you know, all that kind of stuff. Um, if, you're going, if you go and watch Extraction, the Chris Hemsworth film, so that's just at the time of recording, dropped on Netflix a few days ago, um, they try to do something very similar, but with much more modern techniques in that it, it passes off as real. Unfortunately, the problem with it is there's so many shifts in perspective that it actually killed tension it, it, in that you're too busy going, how did they do that to get caught up in what you're watching? It's a little bit, the thing I likened it to in the review was um, when you watch Spectre, well, that, that car chase in Rome isn't very good anyway, but what makes it worse is he's having a really relaxed chat with Money Penny on the phone. And you think, why a distraction from any tension? And I thought the thing in extraction is, is too um, is too technical to, to work. It's trying to do something a bit like a, Atomic Blonde did. But Atomic Blonde's sequence was slightly simpler. And they tried to do it in this film, but the, the effects aren't quite ready. But at least you can see evidence Rob Cohen has actually thought about how to present action. Yeah. Um, Rob Cohen at this point would have probably been best known for uh, Dragon the Bruce Lee story which is the film that postulates he died because of a curse and so did Brandon yeah I mean uh, it's, yeah I mean I, 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 I watched a little um, documentary on the, about the curse Bruce Lee and I sort of it showed like clips of um, clips of Dragon the Bruce Lee story and, and looking back at it now it, it feels very in poor taste like you know, to just to highlight the fact that like, <laughs> like you know, like well, you know, it's the fact that you know he's the whole thing is him trying to save uh, you know his his son Brandon from from the curse. And, but you know, in reality, well, they both died. So you know, I know. but but it just seemed a little bit like <laughs> yeah, it's just like you know, and it, and it, and it, when you see biopics, you you feel like you at least want to learn something. Mm-hmm. And what you've postulated is something arguably impossible. <laughs> so it's anyway. But um, after this, he went on to do a range of things. But the very next thing with Vin Diesel was Triple X, which might be the only film I can think of apart from this that is as dated. In that, that was the film that was meant to, you know, be the new Bond. And of course, the new Bond, quote unquote, for the years that followed was born, which came out that the same year. Um, he even kills a Bond lookalike in the opening. Uh, uh, a Bond lookalike gets killed in the opening sequence, yeah. and it's all kind of um, all snowboarding and get you know that kind of stuff. There is a really good sort of avalanche sequence in it that is tense. That is really tense and hard hitting, but the film itself hasn't really left any footprint um, since then. Um, I don't know what else he's done. He hasn't directed an awful lot. He did direct um, Alex Cross. Stealth I haven't seen, and he directed The Hurricane Heist, which strikes me as, even though it used all the same sort of fonts as this series, it struck me as barely above a Sharknado. Yeah, I think I've seen it. It's not very good. Uh, No. Save me a job. Thank you. I I mean, I mean, the, the, the bad guy is, is what's his face from the office. Um, uh, oh, a oh, bloody good rep. What's his name? Um, oh, Ralph Innocent. Yeah, yeah. 
Oh, that guy. Finchie. Yeah. Finchie, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he, 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 he's actually the bad guy in it, so... Nearly done, love. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's blockbusters. Uh... <laughs> yeah. Um... Yeah, you'll have to look up The Office uh, if you want to catch that reference, but I'm sure you can guess what it was <laughs> from the dialogue. It's pretty obvious. Nearly done, love. Um, he's, you see him in a lot of British commercials and stuff like that, and um, I don't know what else he's been in. He's turned up in loads he, of stuff. He's been he, the, a... he was in The Witch, wasn't he? I don't know if anyone's seen that, but that's... Oh, uh... I, haven't. I haven't. He's turned up in loads of stuff. Nearly everybody, listening, nearly everybody listening to us here have seen him, whether you know or not. But if you go and look up Hurricane Ice, look down to Ralph Innocent, you'll see who I'm talking about. Um, but yeah, he he sort of made his name in this country with, with a mixture of voiceover work mm. and obviously um, the Office. But he, he's been in Game of Thrones and all sorts since then. Harry Potter films, you know, loads. But yeah, so that's where we are with this film. Obviously, it was the start of Vin Diesel's. I say it was the start of Vin Diesel's career. Pitch Black was before this. Yeah, I was going to say yeah, Pitch Black. I think, but this is kind of one that sort of launched him, I guess. Pitch Black's one of those films I've only seen once and I don't quite get the fuss about. Which was the one that had Gini Dinch in it? Was that this, that one or the, that or the, the chroni- sequel? That was the Chronicles of Riddick. That was it, yeah. I was thinking of um, randomly Dame Judy appeared. That was a couple of years after this. That's why he didn't appear in the sequels. Basically, I think it went to his head because he got Pitch Black, which did well but was not that heavy a hitter. Then he got like this. Then he got Triple X. And by the time they wanted to do sequels to this, he sort of outgrown it and think i think he thought riddick was going to be his next thing and the chronicles of riddick's quite an overblown film it's full of like hubris Mm. really um i mean 10 years after that he made like riddick which is better um and there probably is still more you can do with that character this will be the series he's remembered for probably Mm, definitely um he's tried to do other things i mean i saw him in bloodshot recently but that that film did nothing financially partly because the market was closing down anyway but i think it was already going to be a flop mm. um i it was kind of the last weekend before lockdown um see i, I always I, thought when that was coming out i thought that was going to be a netflix film and it strikes me as something it, feels like, it, it feels like a netflix film and that that's not always an insult and i, I i'm not even 100 percent sure what i mean because the irishman went out on netflix and yeah that's not a netflix film do you know what no. I mean? extraction which I've just talked about is a Netflix film in that I would have thought I was surprised 21 bridges wasn't, but if you look at something like um, extraction 65 million budget. So it's in that mid range that doesn't get made anymore. That's what's great about Netflix. I've got, I, I will always prefer a cinema. I concentrate better in a cinema star power from certain performers comes through more on a big screen and i just prefer it you know all of my best experiences in life with films have been on the big screen but bloodshot not bloodshot sorry extraction is a 65 million dollar film when you think most films now are either under 10 million or over like 150 that mid-budget film isn't getting made very often anymore. I mean, you're more likely with an extraction because there's action in it. But it's a first-time director. Well, first time, how many first-time directors have been killed by poor box office on their debut? Mm-hmm. So it, it's... And you can work with, an, effectively, an inexpensive, nearly A-lister in that Chris Hemsworth's a star, but we've yet to prove that he can open a film by himself. Um, 
So Extraction's perfect for a Netflix. And when you watch it, it's got that kind of quality of this isn't bad, but I don't know how you would market this to get people paying. But it might tip a few people into getting a subscription because I was Chris Hemsworth or whatever. And there's loads of other stuff on Netflix. And I think Bloodshot's a little bit like that. And I think the problem with Vin Diesel now is Vin Diesel plays Vin Diesel. And he's he's not bad at what he does, but that, that Bloodshot is a comic book. And yet within 10 minutes, Vin Diesel looks like Vin Diesel registered trademark in that he's in his wife beater and all the rest of it. And you just go, that could be Dominic Toretto. <laughs> uh, you just, you just, you've turned up as uh, international star Vin Diesel. Now, that's kind of why they hired you, but where are the accoutrements of this particular flavour of you or your character? And um, I, I've, I think that's been slowly coming since since The Fast and the Furious because this is where his brand is built. He, yeah. you know, he's, he's no longer the extreme young, youthful sportsman of Triple X because he's a little bit too old for that. But he's big and bulky and fairly muscled so he can still do like a bit of a bruiser. And obviously the driving bit is not a sort of age uh, sensitive anyway. But um, yeah, I mean, it, the funny thing is it, Hurricane Heist went straight to like streaming um, and it took so many of the accoutrements of like the marketing of this series right down to font choices. Um, but there you go. Shall we discuss this film sequentially, folks? Yeah, let's. So... Um... Let me pull up my notes. So, um, yeah, we are first introduced to a, a great load of... magic there, listeners. <laughs> so we quite we're... some music while he did it. <laughs> do, 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 do. Okay, anyway. Your listening is very important to us. Please stay on. <laughs> Please stay and hold while Chris gets his shit together. Anyway, um... Yeah, so we basically see, like, you know, a crate load, you know, where we get, like, the titles and things like that. Basically see a load of DVD players. <laughs> I think I had one of those back in the day. Now. That's funny now. Because, <laughs> I mean, people on film Twitter and that, there's still a bit of, of a fetishization of, like, physical media. Uh, but it's almost become, like, it's almost become by default almost like a prestige item. Mm. That it's only the hugest of film fans that really bother um and the people who don't bother at all there's still people who pop into their local tesco or supermarket and buy a dvd but it strikes me so cheap oh my god physical physical media is becoming a bit niche now uh but dvd players were once really expensive weren't they my first they were they really were yeah um i think it was the ps2 that really got that format going Mm. i think so uh, yes i think yeah i think mine cost about 200 quid or something like that yeah, mine yeah they were quite expensive. I, I think it was literally... And it, and it was quite big as well. Now it's like... No, they're tiny. tiny. But now yeah. like, if you want to buy like a standalone Blu-ray player, for example, you probably pay like, I don't know, £50 and upwards, for example. But it's still, you know, if you if you want like a decent one, you can probably pay like a few hundred pounds. But it's still... Yeah. I mean, like, back, back then, it was really expensive, wasn't it? I, I got a 4K player just before I sort of made the decision not to bother. So I haven't got any 4K discs now. I, most things are either rips or streaming. But I can't. But I, I literally, my player is just for the USB to go in the front off and stuff like that. Oh. Um, so Makes yeah, but, USB. but yeah, my first first one was a couple. Of, I I bought it in cash converters. Oh, in, in Kings Heath, Birmingham. Oh, yeah, of all places. Uh, strangely enough, uh, Halle Berry was not melted down for scrap in there. <laughs> 
Kings Heath quite an arty area, apparently. Kings Heath, it's just around the corner from Mosley, where I lived. Yes, but here it's kind of very artisan and bohemian. So those listeners we've got in the Midlands, when you next pass that cash converters, I was in there buying that and a copy of Toy Story. Is it still there after all those years? I would think so. Cash converters, because that they do all right in like economic downturns and stuff, don't they? They do. They do. And not only that, you know, various bonds have sold off their exes in there. Yeah, yeah, probably. <laughs> so we start off with a heist, don't we? Yeah, we basically sort of see like you know, you know, the cars zooming along, um, and they, uh, they, you know, they, 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 they steal the truck basically. Yeah. Um, oh, and 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 I like how like sort of I like how this film doesn't take much. Um, attention towards the driver of the truck because you normally get like reaction shots and go oh my god what's going on for the, for the first part of it he just seems to be sort of like happily driving along despite the fact there's a big sort of grappling hook gone gone into this passenger seat yeah this is never going to be about sort of human cost is it no this series i suppose because of eventually we're going to need to side with the people who do this and them scaring the shit out of people and killing them or anything like that's yeah. probably a step too far it's a pg-13 heist though although it's kind of no nonsense the way they smash out the windows and stuff and it you're left in no doubt it's an armed robbery yeah um but it's it's a pretty well you sort of see, see you don't know it's obviously they're all driving like these black cars uh and yeah you sort of they they, they steal the truck and you see and we get introduced to Brian and he's uh, and he's driving his lovely green car. Yeah. That's that's about I, I as much think, as detailed I'm going to get. Not to knock anyone listening who's called Brian because I know a few Brians, but Brian always strikes me as the name like Carl Pilkington would give his leading man. <laughs> <laughs> it, it is as well. You know? I think it is, isn't it? Yeah, calling Brian definitely. It's, oh. it's a great name. It's a great name. Yeah, because he grew, 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 and grew, grew up to be like a Brian. Um. I think obviously a, a lot of this, it's. I don't. I want to make a point, but I don't know how to say it. Well, go on, just have a go. I think that that point is valid, but uh, actually, I'm, I'm not going to say it. I'm not going to say it. All right. You sure? Fair enough. Anyway. Yes, yeah, I, I don't know how to say it in a, on yeah, PC, in a non PC way. Salt in the name. It's just certain names are like. It's like. You don't get many action stars called Colin. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> but, there's no, but there's nothing wrong with the name. It's just... Well, it's always like... Some, it's either John or Jack or... Yeah, there's lots of sounds tough and edgy, but like even with Brian, like yeah. with a Y, for example, or yeah. you hear it a lot in like in, in, in boy bands as well. Yeah. I, mean, yeah. I, mean, I mean, even like common names like Mike. You know, that's, that's not like your leading action hero. No, it's, it's a you typical don't, name. You don't get many Matthews. <laughs> no, you don't. Get well, you might get a Matt. You might get a Matt. Yeah, Matt might yeah, be Matt, maybe. But again, it's a typical yeah. name. Certain so. names don't don't scream action hero, and, yeah. and Brian's one of them. But my, uh, my, I don't know. I kind of feel like because in the first part of the film, obviously, um, in, like the, the cultural landscape of this film, it's kind of made out the beat that he he is like token white person, <laughs> and it's just like, oh. Yeah, I think, I think that's, that's probably well. why he's called Brian. If that makes yeah. sense, I, I don't mean that in a in a horrible, you know, in a horrible kind of way. He's hanging think... around with a bunch of Hispanics and things like that. So, yeah, I get it. And they, and they do make fun of it, and it's just like, oh, I... they could have called him Nigel or something. <laughs> 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 yeah, 
<laughs> Nigel, you... Will, you, will you give us a lift to the big race? <laughs> Colin. All right. We spent way too long on that point. <laughs> anyway. Uh, do we go straight to um, uh, sort of uh, Brian turning up at the shop? Yeah, because basically you, know, you establish that he, he drives. Um, we don't know anything about at this point, so we need to, he turns up, um, he's, you know, chatting up uh, uh, Dom's sister. Yeah, yeah. Mia. We Mia. do know her name, but she is... She does have a name. She, she's got such a small footprint in this series. Yeah. And she's such a driving point. Dom's just in the back, you know, you see him, like, sort of, like, you know, like, like in the background, uh, kind of overshadowing should we say? Yeah, they, it's kind of like it's a store in coffee shop or something. Yeah, well, it's, it's, it's with the mechanics on the back of it. Yeah, well, it's kind of like um, a garage that does food. Yeah, because garages scream sort of hygienic and handling <laughs> food, doesn't it? <laughs> <coughs> yeah. Um, yeah, okay, so very strange business model. But he's been hanging out out there now. Um, obviously, when you go back to the film, you know, and you've anyone who's heard us reference Point Break will know, spoiler alert, that this is an undercover cop infiltrate yeah. gang. But two things. Firstly, he doesn't know he's, he's infiltrating the scene, not the gang, because he does not think this is the guilty gang at this point. Um, uh, but secondly, the film doesn't actually tell us this at this point. He's no. just a driver who's turned up for... He's hanging around. He clearly likes Mia because he's going in there for a tuna sandwich every day. Yeah. And having a bit of awkward banter. <laughs> yeah, about... he's, he's being persistent, isn't he? Yeah. Persistent I, is the word. I mean, yeah. I, I'm not sure how erotic a topic of conversation tuna is. <laughs> but... Oh, a sexy tuna's... sandwich, I don't think. It's not yeah. a sandwich that you can eat sexily. Yeah, <laughs> no, in a sexy been... way. Yeah, should have you know. You could have asked. I, I wonder uh, what her recipe was. Was you know, was it is there a bit of onion there, or was there you know, a bit of? It'd probably be like a whole tuna. You could have an interesting tuna <laughs> sandwich recipe. Write to us and expect us to talk at gmail dot com. <laughs> they keep asking people to email us. They don't do it. Yeah, I know, but it's funny. I know. <laughs> to be fair, if I didn't ask for such batshit things, they might. <laughs> I mean, the last email we got, people played the game to start with. We did get emails yeah, from anymore. people who wanted to bang Sally Fields. <laughs> but but <laughs> there's only so much of that you can take, really. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, never mind. Well done for the people who did write to us about banging Sally Field. <laughs> Anyway, so, you know. Moving on. And Sally, if you are listening, there's office on the table. Um... Yeah, we can put you in touch with people. Well, don't miss out for Union that you always wanted to. <laughs> right, anyway, so after the banging Sally Field portion of this, um, <laughs> basically Dom's crew turn up. We don't know this to be Dom's crew immediately. But a guy called Vince gets right in his face. And yeah. that is largely because um, he, he, he likes Mia as well. He likes Mia. I, I always think, if any of you out there have an unrequited love, uh, beat up anyone paying them any attention. That'll get them. <laughs> <laughs> Their knickers fall off after that. Uh, 
so yeah, the, a fight kind of starts, and Dom turns up and breaks it up. Yeah, I mean, it, it is kind of like you know, he's like an area of mistrust, isn't it? So he's like, sort of, why, why does a guy keep coming here? You know, it's it's a bit suspicious, and it is a bit suspicious to be fair. You know, yeah, it he's, is. Just, he's just kind of just creeping around. Um, but yeah, yeah, they 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 get in a fight and. Yeah, and every it, time Dom turns up, this guy's fingers smell of fish, to be fair. <laughs> it is a bit suspicious. Uh, so, yeah. then we're straight we're straight on to what? And we have Letty, I think, um, turns up and says, you know, stop. Yeah. Um, then what? They, what? they basically want Brian fired and all that sort of thing. I don't know what it is he claims he does. What's, he, what's his claimed job? Well, he kind of works at a garage, doesn't he? Works. Um... Yeah, there's a scene later on that I think they've really overplanned his role, but we'll get to it. Um, they go out for. Then we sort of get to the night for the first sort of street race part of it. Yeah. And I think we see a lot of this sort of through the series, but it's not as central to the plot. It's almost like a touchstone back to what the series is. So you get street races in like fast. It's like a QC. Six. It to a greater or larger extent, isn't it? Yeah, is it... it's just something you've got to have there. I mean, it does have a point in something like Fast Six because he's trying to remind Letty who she mm. is. But yeah, it's it never has as much uh, central relevance as it does here because it's it's Brian's way of getting involved in the scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh... bit handy. He's good at this. I'm assuming he's chosen because he's quite a decent driver. I mean, it'd be terrible if he just turned up. And you... I mean, can you imagine if, like, the first time, like, Keanu Reeves got on a surfboard, he just like fell off instantly. <laughs> be like, I- I'll see you when you get back in. <laughs> That's it. Well, in point break, there was like a period of him like sort of having to practice and and learn, and learn how to surf. So he was like, um... but yeah, no practice required. He turns up spot on. <laughs> but I, I love the idea of him just turning up here and like, well, you just put you put your you know your foot on the brake, you put on the um, put your foot on the uh, yeah. the, the gas, so you know what's... The, the flag drops and he just fucking reverses. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> and it's for... like Austin Powers, where he just sort of keeps driving into everything. Oh, sorry. <laughs> oh, I bet that was expensive. <laughs> So they turn up for this race, and basically it seems to be they all put in about two grand at a time, that sort of thing. And he hasn't got... No, he's undercover, and yet he's turned up with no money. They've not funded this very well. (laughs) We want you to go and take part in street races. Brilliant. How do I buy in? Uh, don't know. Well, isn't he kind of does done it on his own back because he kind of says oh I need a car and he says well I've only got a car so I'll just use that as a yeah he ends up using the car but you think he's got handlers here I don't I don't know Uh, it doesn't matter anyway funds I guess it it, it, it is a bit like uh, but then I suppose it's it's a shortcut to show the commitment so he bets his car and about four of them go for a race (laughs) and it reminded me of your, I think it was this race, it reminded me of your comment in the later films about hackers. Yeah. When you see somebody hacking and there's a constant commentary from the people trying to counter-hack them, and it always ends with the line, God, they're good, right? <laughs> yeah. And someone says that about Dom. But the thing is, they're racing in a straight line. I mean, it's just literally like, put your foot down. It's not like... <laughs> 
and press that but that nipple on the steering wheel at the right time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, that's basically what it is. I mean, it, 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 it also is pretty much that, isn't it? It's not exactly Formula One, is it? <laughs> Also, isn't that kind of cheating? I mean, I mean, surely it's a race when everyone's kind of like of. I mean, only that that has to that has to only sort of matter if everyone has that thing with the button with the. With well, the... the one thing that might make it a little bit like Formula One, I suppose, is that that's an engineering battle as much as a driving battle. Mm. So if they're all working on their own cars, whoever does the best job, I suppose. But drag racing. Uh, from a position of complete ignorance, I must say, it might be full of a very specialised talent, but it, it doesn't ever strike me as the most um, uh, most about driving talent. But there you go. Well, the film doesn't really sort of project that. Doesn't too address much. it. It doesn't really. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't really address it anyway. What I love in this film is if, if someone's starting to lose or something, or they're a bit behind, we just get an insert of them changing into a higher gear and pushing their foot down. Yeah. Like, if they weren't behind, they wouldn't bother. <laughs> oh, oh, I've got to drive a bit faster, right? Then. <laughs> yeah, there's always that extra gear. It's like, oh, 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 oh I'm in fourth. Oh, I need to be in fifth. <laughs> <laughs> so, I'm already in gear 27. <laughs> yeah, the only time they didn't run out of gears was Rocky Four during that montage, because he does change gear up every couple of seconds. <laughs> so, yeah, street race, um, and something happens to his car, and basically he loses. And they're yeah. all like, "God, he's good." When Dom takes off, I I just loved all the sort of the jizzing over like sort of the the engine. I've got, oh, it's got, and and the, and the list of like a bunch of stuff that that means absolutely nothing to me. But it's like I I, I imagine that's impressive. I said I said that to means someone something. The other that, day. that means something to someone. Because a friend of mine said the other day, she said that um, like she'd had during the lockdown, she's had some problems with the battery of her car. My mother did as well. Now, there's normally got to be a fault for that to be an issue, because you should be able to leave your car on the driveway for ages, but my mum had to, like, buy a new battery for, like, 240 quid, because it was a specialist one. But she said to me, um, this other lady, that she bought jump leads, and she said, and she's learned how to use them. And I said, well, basically, I just wait for some nice young man to come along. (laughs) And I, I said, occasionally I have sort of popped up the hood, as you would call it in America. Mm-hmm. But, but I just, I don't know what I'm looking at, right? I just stand there and look a bit concerned, right? <laughs> so, um, Isn't that honestly, what most guys do? Yeah, honestly, I could pop the hood of a car and it could there could be a fucking Walls Vionetta looking back at me. <laughs> and, I, and I wouldn't know any yeah. different. I wouldn't know any different. I'd just go, well, that appears to be in order. <laughs> that, that looks fine. Yeah. And then I used to be able to change a tire. I did my first car. I changed the tire a couple of times. Um, on the last couple of cars I've had, I've not been able to work out the jack at all. So I've just gone, oh fuck it. It does appear that cars are getting more complicated. Yeah, but I'm not getting, I'm not getting any smarter to match it. So anyway, I know nothing about cars. But yeah, they go and do a load of engine shit and like talking about different boosts and. I don't and, know, a, and there's, there's a big crowd of people, and, and every time someone says something, they go, "Oh!" <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah. Well, at, the, at the end of the race, it's almost like a little, like a little bit of a, like a, a SmackDown like rap battle type sort of thing, where like you know they give like the diss, you know, we give like, yeah, yeah, you, you had me, you never had your car, ooh, you know what I mean. <laughs> The trash talk is normally before. I mean, I've never watched a boxing match when, when they're all beaten up at the end, they go like, I kicked your ass. It just doesn't happen. But anyway, uh, yeah, I was about to say it's nitrous oxide, then I thought, isn't that laughing gas? 
But it is nitrous oxide. I'm looking. I'm at... glad I had the same thought. It's laughing gas, isn't it? Hang on a minute. Laughing gas is. Okay, let's Google it. Uh, nitrous oxide. So basically, yeah. they're being propelled by the gift of laughter. <laughs> <laughs> Which is good because it's why aren't you intentional? Give, right, given it all fires out of the exhaust, why aren't the people watching pissing themselves laughing? <laughs> Shouldn't it be that they're all in the car looking super serious? And I must give credit to Paul Walker's serious driving face. That's very, very impressive. It's not quite enough of a parody to be like a coming face or anything. It actually looks pretty effective. But the crowd watching on the street should be just giggling. Because <laughs> the air is being filled with nitrous oxide. <laughs> Yeah, you sort of like, just want to see like that that shot of like sort of someone just like sort of walking past and going, like, "What was that?" And then like just thinking for a bit and then go <laughs> and just like collapse, just like yeah. it fits a lot. Yeah. So it's I mean, it's all the sort of like little shooting ticks we're going to see through the whole series, though the foot down and the gear changes, yeah. and and the um, just trying a bit harder when you go behind, like that's how it works. Like you're taking it easy. Um, then what happens? Oh, there was a point in this film. I don't think it's in Becca's fun facts because she didn't know when I told her earlier. I thought I saw Eminem because the police turn up and the guy in the car who shouts cops or whatever it is he says, hmm. I thought it was Eminem. So I immediately went and looked up Eminem to see if he was in this film in like a little uncredited cameo. And it doesn't confirm that he was, but it confirms he was offered the role of Brian. And he turned it down because he was developing 8 Mile at the time. Yeah. Um, so I don't know if it was. I, I certainly didn't see him in the credits. So it is literally uncredited and no one knows about it if it's true. Um, but obviously Brian's called them in. Um, so, yeah. What then? Police alert. Everyone flees. Yeah. Dog um... runs. Yeah, Dom. Yeah, everyone sort of. Like, if you focus on Dom, he kind of parks his car up in a secret place, and then is like kind of walking, walking by uh, a police car, kind of sort of drives past and stops and goes like, "Halt, <coughs> halt, Dom of Toretto," you know. It is. Which, yeah, which which makes which makes me wonder. So, if they know What's it's the him, point. They know who you. If they know but, who you are, they'll just turn up at your house, won't they? Well, or your yeah. place of work, or whatever. Well, yeah, but if he's that means if he's wanted, then what's the point? What's he wanted for? Well, exactly. I, I, I was because I was kinda, at I was this point of... we don't think he's anything to do with the knocked off DVDs. Yeah, so... so it's probably something to do with the street racing. But if they can't place him at the scene because yeah. they've only spotted him walking down the street, just like, yeah, at this point he'd, he'd literally just be a suspect. In which case he would just deny everything and be like, well. Where's so your proof? I, either, put it this way: either they've got something on him, so him running is pointless, or they've got nothing on him, and him running is suspicious. Yeah, so it's not a great idea, is it? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, um, but anyway, so anyway, Dom was um, Dom gets picked up by Brian, and there's something about this that cheese aside works quite well because Brian saves Dom's ass a few times in this film, but not enough to make mm. Dom look. Um, incompetent or anything. Yeah. You know, he does prove his worth many, many times. Um, and they, they talk about their pasts and um, 
Brian denies ever having been in prison or anything, and then it turns out he did two years in juvie or whatever it is. Mm. Um, I don't know that he did. I think that's just his cover story, and they've they've sort of researched it with their high tech computer skills. Um, <laughs> yeah, we haven't got a computer internet. expert at this stage, people, but we'll... people just Google yeah. his name. <laughs> We think that's something high, some high tech hacking. Someone's just typed in Brian. <laughs> that's Brian. It. Into infoseek.com. Um, oh my gosh. Yeah. Um, so then we hear that he's been in prison, Dom. Mm. Um, and that's about it. Uh, they're, they're, it's still, I think after that, oh, they go straight back to the party, don't they? And this well, is where we yeah, get yeah, applied to nudity and lesbianism sponsored by Corona. So before that, we meet the the Tran uh, gang. Oh, we get introduced them because um, they end up in their territory after like escaping from the car. Featuring Yoon from Die Another Day. Now, yeah. if you said to me at the time next year he's going to be in the Bond film, I'd think, what a promotion, eh? Uh, now this series, yeah, a sparkling personality. This series at the current time outgrosses Bond, and he was in like one of the worst ones. <laughs> so there you go. Rick Yoon is the chief guard, bad guy, Johnny Tran. Hmm. Uh, um, they talk about a race in the desert and then shoot up Brian's car. Yeah. Which explodes with the gift of laughter. <laughs> yeah, it does that um, that thing that sort of when the car explosions does when it sort of like jumps 10 feet in the air. What I love as well is it's clearly a process shot as well. I, I don't know if it's a miniature or whatever, but... Brian's running towards the camera and suddenly it fades to like a poorer film quality, like multiple generations, a bit like Blade Runner. And then it explodes and it just doesn't, it doesn't look right. It's not an horrific effect, but it's like, it's a 1990s effect, even though this is like 2001. Um, so anyway, now they go back to the party, which is just full which, of women which, making which, out. And a corona each, because he, you know, because he kind of like does... <laughs> You know, he, he goes over to, like, Vince and, like, he, he kind of gives Vince shit for, well, not picking him up, which no one else has actually done, so I'm not sure why it's Vince's. Because we need to hate Vince until the end of the film. That's I mean, what he I mean I'm, I'm, not, I'm not being funny. He does get kind of shit on here. Um, I mean, I, I didn't realise it was his job to, like, you know, suspiciously follow yeah, Dom around. Over. He steps over his girlfriend to go to him to give him shit. You think well, she didn't fucking turn up either? <laughs> or any of his mates. But anyway, uh, yeah. they were all at the, they were all back goes, at the house. Some he, lesbianism. Actually, he, yeah, that's fair enough. He, he, he takes his Corona, which he suspicions he hasn't drunk any of it yet, and gives it to Brian. He said, "Like that, that's Vince's. So enjoy it." Which pisses Vince off. But in the back of my mind, I'm thinking. Surely, like, you know, he's got a big fridge full of them. Why is it? He's like, well, I find I'll get another one. Yeah. <laughs> and then, like, one of his crew's making out with someone and he says, take it upstairs. And I'm thinking, if I was hosting a party at my house, I wouldn't say go up and fuck on the first bed you fight. <laughs> it's just like, that's a bit dangerous. You don't know where they're going to end up. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. It, Essentially, so he yeah has a go saying like all oh, this. But this guy... is to, this is this is to bond the two of them. He's he's sort of moving into the inner circle because he helped out Don. Yeah, uh, I don't think it does um, Letty any favors because when they walk into the party, something about the way they've blocked the shot is they block it to imply a bit of sleaze. So it's an, it reminds me of the party in fucking the Matrix sequels. 
where they're all sort of dancing mm. and bumping and grinding in wherever that place is. It's got a bit of that about it, but Letty's laying out on the floor, and I don't know if she's watching TV or what, but she looks vacant. I, I genuinely looked at her and thought, is she meant to be drugged up at this point? And she isn't, but it's like, I don't know. It's a really odd shot, but it's brought them on board, and then we go straight to them. What did you make of all this, Becca, the way it was shot and stuff? Yeah, it's all a bit kind of all a bit go, isn't it? But yeah, I, I would agree that that party scene is probably like <laughs> party in inverted commas. It's not. It's probably one of like the worst on-screen parties ever, really. Um, I think I do struggle with this film a little bit. The dialogue does seem like really stilted, um, and it sounds. <laughs> here's your Corona. <laughs> yeah, literally, here are me. It's like, um... Here's it's a, off my stuff. Don't forget to follow the bear. Yeah, literally. <laughs> but no, I'm probably, it does kind of annoy me in this film a little bit. I mean, fair enough. That's how you know, same as like Skyfall, for example. It's how you would get funding, you know, for this film to, to get it off the ground. Yeah, but when something's like on the nose like that, you just think, oh, really? yeah, yeah, I guess so. I was a bit surprised to see it in such a property at this stage. Yeah, exactly. You get that, and, and so, you know, it's it, it's fine. It's fine, but it's just like oh, <laughs> so, but it did kind of make me laugh unintentionally. And it's only here we find out uh, for definite he's a cop. He goes yeah. to see his boss. But I kind of think the audience might know that already. I think so. You probably know when you went in. To be fair, I can't really remember the marketing from the time around this film. But certainly the reviews. Would, to be honest. The reviews would have pointed out the Point Break links almost certainly. Um, so yeah, it's no surprise. But we we actually have it confirmed. He's a cop, and they they're getting a bit. They're starting to get a bit impatient at this stage, although that's a bit later on. Um, oh, and he owes he owes Dom a car, doesn't he? Yeah, because yeah, a ten-second car. So um, that's a quarter of a mile race or whatever. Although, again, it reminded quarter, me of a six. A quarter of the, a mile. I know, but it made me laugh because the race... a quarter of an inch at a time. The, yes. race we, the race we've just seen went on for a lot more than a quarter of a mile. It just did. And that reminded me of six when... Well, when we get to it, folks, if you haven't seen Fast Six, um, it's quite a long runway this airport has. It has yeah, a really long runway. We'll get to it. You could do some basic fag packet maths on it and ply it several miles long. Uh, <laughs> uh, then what? Where did we go from there? Uh, so, yeah, so... Yeah, so, so we find out he's, like, working with the cops and, like, with, with, with the FBI. Um, yeah, so he shows up in a... Basically, like, a new car that looks absolute fucking shite. Right. And that's probably the best description of it. And and I'm I'm some reason open the hood suddenly makes it like oh my god that's amazing we can do we can do so much of this. I'm yeah. Like I'm like fucking pigeon flies out you know it just looks. <laughs> pigeon flies out. <laughs> a pigeon flies out. Yeah, I mean look, I, I'm no mechanic. I know fuck all about cars, but to me that just seems You're a not bit... a mechanic. I'm not a mechanic. No. Oh, are you sure? Uh, yeah. Okay, we'll carry on anyway. <laughs> you might have some insights. But yeah, it just looks like. Absolute junk. It looks like a right pile of shit. Yeah. yeah. So this is the car back, but they're all excited because they can do some work on it that'll only cost about fifteen grand. So this, oh, that's better then. <laughs> yeah. Then he sort of state like that the car that the car that he initially had was like ten grand. 
Oh, I don't know. <laughs> it's the amount of work they've got to do on it. Yeah. But yeah. Um, what else? They, next, uh, Brian sells some Honda parts to Trans Team, isn't it? Mm. Yeah. And, and he thinks that they think that Civics are involved in these heists. So the very buying of Civic parts gets Brian wondering if it's Trans Team that are doing mm. it. Um, so he goes and sort of breaks into their garage and has a look around. Before he really spots anything, he's knocked out by Vince. And yeah. sort of dragged to another area to be interrogated by Dom. He's like, well, you better have a bloody good description of what you're doing here. Yeah. Um, I think, we, yeah, we have like uh, the... I think I think yeah we sort of we think we have a bit more with the uh, the, the crew really we have the, the the family sit down together together right and then Vince the Vince as a like turns up and has a has something to eat so he's like still welcomes Vince in yeah um, yeah it's some more shitting on Vince with Brian and uh, Mia in the kitchen uh, report but it's pretty much just all just like character work building and, and and stuff like that really and it's not bad is it no it's not great no, it, it's it, not it, bad i mean i mean it's it's it, it, it's no it's oscar oscar winning no, but it's perfectly serviceable yeah exactly um it's not the cliche it will later be even though the crew that we're going to get later on is better on average and got a bit more color and variety in it uh ca- character you know of color not racial color um Although there is a bit more variety of that as well. Um, yeah, so, yeah, Brian's trying, basically, pursuing a case, and when he's caught by Dom, he's got to pretend he's basically spying on his opposition. Yeah. Because he needs to win this race in the desert. Um, and yeah, so they, go, they, they, they all go back in together and have a look, and that's when they spot a load of DVD players. Mm. So we're now assuming at this stage that, or he's assuming he's caught the guy and it's, it's Tram. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, so he, he reports back to um, the cops, Brian does, and they say, "Oh well, we know. Let's let let's take Tramp." Brian's a bit. Well, we know what we've got. And then, and, and then we've got basically a lot of slow motion arrests. Yeah, very slow. They're all arrested in slow motion. In slow motion. Whilst having a more enjoyable mm. time with their families than anyone's ever had. <laughs> <laughs> But the thing, thing that struck me is like you got your undercover cop and you take him to the bus with you. Why? Yeah, that kind of compromises undercover a bit, doesn't it? Yeah, what's yeah. up with that? I mean, I, I guess it's a movie thing, but I just it it just baffles me because like yeah, why why would you need to do that? You would you don't. He's supposed to report in and that's it. Unless he actually makes like a field arrest himself. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we see all the trans crew who all have nice houses and stuff, all arrested. Trans, they're talking to like young kids and stuff like that. It's all very, it's a little bit cheesy and it's shot in slow motion, but it's not super long. Yeah. So they're all arrested and uh, they, um, they want, but yeah, they're all arrested. But basically, um, what, what do we have? Have we got the, um, where does he show him the Dodge Charger? Is that before or after the arrest? I can't remember now. After, isn't it, I think? Okay, whichever order it is, around here they have a bonding oh, session over oh, the car yeah. his dad it, gave it, him. Yeah, it's before, where he has, like, we talked about how we, uh, why he got that battery charge. 
And it's oh, actually yeah, about course. his dad's death. And... Yeah, and he's never driven it because it's... Yeah, his father was killed in mm. a race, and it, it comes out with the quarter of a mile at a time line, mm. which in isolation is cheesy. It actually works all right in the film. I, yeah, I, it's, it's uh, one of those kind of... If you can turn the snobbery off towards it, which I, I was full of towards this series, actually works in context all right. And uh, yeah, this car's too powerful. Um, and yeah, Brian and Mia do... Oh, that's it. Yeah, sorry. They go on a date, Brian and Mia. Mm. And it's during that date he gets the call to say about the heist. Is that, uh, is that is after he's uh, he's made love as well? After after yeah. he's used to a spunk receptacle because that's, <laughs> that's how the film treats the women. The other thing is, his apartment is full of like car memorabilia and stuff, and like crash helmets and parts of cars. And I'm thinking, it's a bit chicken and egg. Did they pick him for this assignment because of all that? Or is he so deep undercover they filled his apartment with all this shit in case he gets laid? Well, I, I think I think he it's almost like the same way as Bond and Poker. It's like you're the best damn car yeah. driver we got. But I think there's, there will be an element of like he's into the stuff anyway. So, yeah. um, but it is like ridiculous the first time unless unless they're at her place. I've never really thought about that. Mm. It's possible, but I think they called it his place. But I'm yeah. not sure. Whatever they they basically they basically are making love, and uh, <laughs> they they they, they then Billy Ocean on. Yeah, just a... and then it turns out that they bought all those legally, which you just think what a waste of ten minutes of the film that fucking was. <laughs> um, but I suppose it gets uh, Brian's boss. I mean, it's not like drugs, is it? I mean, that's the thing. It's like <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, every time I what, suppose what, what this big well, a family, but. A load of shit. Oh well. <laughs> well, I suppose every day you fail to bring down a drugs crew, it's more people getting uh, hit, hooked, or more addicts overdosing and stuff. Mm. But it's not like you can't really say a week earlier and they wouldn't have seen the first three mission, the first couple of Mission Impossible <laughs> films. You know, it's like it's not that urgent. <laughs> Yeah, um, we know they're not killing anyone on yeah, this side. Yeah, a few few people get like get DVDs a lot cheaper on the black market. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the next bit is uh, the boss gets really pissed off with Brian because it was a bit of a wasted thing. They think it's Dom, and that Brian has got sort of blinded to that because of Mia. The actual truth, he's got blinded to it because of Dom. Because of Dom, but yeah. But he, <laughs> but he doesn't argue his corner. No, it's Dom I want. Um, and then uh, they when they go for this lunch the next day, um, that's when they uh, they talk over they talk for over lunch, and he says he wants in, mm-hmm. um, and Dom hands him a card and says that's race wars do well at that and we'll see and then they go and make love. <laughs> that's that is undoubtedly what happened off screen. Yes. Over a nice sunset, um, yeah. yeah. Um, and so, um, yeah. So, so we have the, the race, race wars. wars, which plays like a fucking county show, is on. <laughs> Everyone turns up with their like tarpaulins. <laughs> oh yes. Uh, um, and there is a punch up here because Tran accus- accuses Dom of um, snitching on him, basically. Because uh, yeah, because Jesse, the the one with ADD. The, the the genius, but as ADD um, yeah. of the crew, he's uh, he races Tran and loses, 
and then just drives off in the yeah. car. But yeah, and Dom kicks the shit out of um of Chan for yeah. basically accusing him of, of being the reason he was raided. Um and then later that night they're obviously sort of staying out in that field for the, the night and he sees Mia arguing with Dom and Dom driving off and he, he just he just says to Mia, like are you normally that upset when he's driving off? What's going on? And he get he gathers that like they're off doing another raid, mm. and he he obviously then a, a, a confesses to Mia who who he is. Yeah. Um. And that's it. So they they yeah. So then what? This is uh, the hijacking job. And yeah. Again. So so he convinces yeah, to help him to find out what you know where where they're gonna go. Uh. So the basically we have the the job and it. It's the only one that goes wrong. It goes quite incredibly wrong, and I have to give yeah. Vin Diesel some credit here in that, like, when he's trying to stop what happens to Vince, and we'll talk about that in a minute, he does look genuinely fucking unsettled and scared as mm. he's being shot at and stuff like that. There's actually some tension and stakes in this. And what I kind of like how we never see the truck driver, it gave off, like, a little bit of a dual vibe. Yeah, it did. I never thought about that. But the other thing is we're getting it from their perspective mm. because what you do is you, you snatch almost a couple of frames of him. Like, or... See him loaded gun. Yeah, or, yeah. or you just see the gun and the guy behind the gun's a little bit out of focus. Mm. I did some reading seeing... around this. Apparently the truck diver was Kevin Sorbo from, from... Hercules, I'm going to say. Oh, I know who you mean. He was the leading... Oh, I know who that is, yeah. Disappointed! No. Sorry. <laughs> Disappointed. <laughs> For anyone not listening, there is a clip of him screaming disappointed. And it it sounds a, like that. No, it was a stage direction in his script. And he thought it was dialogue. So he did a bit of dialogue. Then it says disappointed, as in sound disappointed on the next But he read disappointed. And he screamed the word disappointed. <laughs> That's really funny. That's not not how to read it. uh, uh, Ralph Garman and Kevin Smith have taken the piss out of it many times over the years. That's where it came out. He screams disappointed as it was a stage direction. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, the whole point of not seeing his face, I've always thought, is like we're, we're seeing it from their perspective and they're only catching very slight glimpses of him. Uh, Vince is on the truck and basically yeah. on the hood of the trunk and being shot at well, he starts off on the sort of grill of it ends up around the side with with his arm caught and every time Don tries to turn close they're obviously their speeds are not quite matched or the truck driver's got the presence of mind to sort of turn slightly away from him mm-hmm. and then he then he blows out um, uh, the wheel on Don's car anyway um, uh, but at the same time Obviously, Paul Walker's worked out, Brian's worked out where they're going, and he's like, he's in hot pursuit. And he races past uh, Dom as Dom sort of goes off the road and just sort of takes the race on. Uh, and Mia's driving, so he's able to sort of, you know, get out of the car and, you know, sort of onto the stand up and do things like that. And they get Vince out of his sort of trap. Yeah. Uh, but um, he, is, he is shot in the process or hurt in the process. So, yeah, he's critically injured. And yeah. and uh, Brian sort of basically sort of calls in the cop favor. It's like, oh, I'm cop, so I'll get. He just rings in and says it's Officer O'Connor yeah. or whatever. And Vin Diesel looks at him like he's caught him in bed with another bloke. 
<laughs> Honestly, it, yeah. but this is meant jokerly, but it's meant there's a bit of a compliment in it as well. Like it's, it's, it, it, it looks it, genuinely hurt. Like genuinely, it, it looks genuinely hurt. The guy's on the phone. He can't say anything, and we don't know what's going to happen when that line goes dead. You can see him wrestling with the range of emotions. It's it's pretty well done, and uh, Georgiana Brewster's there. <laughs> Lo and behold. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, she did give a disapproving uh, frown when yes. she found out she was a cop. Yes, but they could have given, cop, sorry. They could have given her dialogue like harumph. <laughs> like, you bastard. <laughs> yeah. Disappointed. Disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> I try not to do it too loud because of neighbours, but... <laughs> oh, dear. You know, the thing is, I reckon most people have heard that clip, whether they realise... They probably have, yeah. It's, yeah. a, it's a meme as well, isn't it? So if you don't realise why he screamed it, he yelled at stage direction and dialogue. <laughs> so I've never seen this. So did that actually stay in, or is that just like something that's just like no, surfaced it, like it, afterwards? It, it was in. I think was it in the shit? No, it was in the exquisite acting section. No, but but what, did it actually for reason did they keep that in the actual show itself? Like the I think Hercules they did. Show? I think they did, but I'm, I wouldn't swear to it. I never used to watch Hercules. I wasn't even sure it was in Hercules itself. I was just aware that actor did that somewhere. Um, but yeah, anyway. Uh, so what then? Uh, Dom sort of... Yeah, so the um, he kind of... He's called in basically an air ambulance, hasn't he? Yeah. Effectively. Um, <laughs> and... What else? What then? Uh, they they go back to like um, home when they have like they have it out. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Jesse arrives and he says, like, I'm sorry, I just like I got you guys. I think that car was bought for him by his dad or was his dad's mm. or something like that. He's on the spectrum anyway. Uh, not that that's meant in any way insulting. I'm just saying that, like, he, he there are points in the film where he's struggling to connect with people a little mm. bit, and it means that you don't always understand his thought process. But in, in fear, he's just driven off with the car, he's come back. But as he comes back, Dom and Brian spot two bikes coming up the road and they spot it in slow motion mm. with a sort of weird, slightly pixelated effect. Yeah. And it's a, dri- a drive-by um, with basically uh, Vin Diesel does his tortoise impression, sort of crawling along the floor. Mm. Uh, Jesse gets shot dead. Um, they sort of get to safety don't they basically yeah um and um yeah so they only go have a, a car bike chase it's an epic chase though isn't it yeah it, it ends up with um brian putting a bullet in uh, tran. Uh, tran yeah oh. and then going over and just checking his work <laughs> uh and then what they um, have a race don't they yeah and this is so funny. They have a they have a race. He said, "I used to race this when I was a kid. That those lights down there are a quarter of a mile exactly. We'll race from here." So he races in his charger uh, because he's jumped in the charger to pursue anyway. So first time he's ever driven it. Brian's in this like Supra, and they decide to have a race. And they've got to race past that line before the sort of thing comes down and the train goes across. Yeah. But what I love about it is they do it just. Dom's car's falling apart but what I love then is Dom basically smacks into a car almost like back to the future Marty's not accident he didn't let I thought that too 
Yeah. Uh, but the reason he doesn't spot that car coming out is because he's gazing lovingly at Paul Walker. <laughs> <laughs> he's literally distracted. And all I could think of is back in the 70s, my dad had like a share in a car because not everyone had cars then. And I think it was shared with like my grandparents or something like they used to have it for certain days of the week. I, I don't know how that arrangement mm. worked, but all I know was he went out in the car one day and he came back having fucked the car cup completely. He'd scraped all the way down and dented all the way down one side of the car. Now, if that was me, I'm quite an honest person, but I think I'd have made some shit up if the truth was what it actually was, which was he's driving along. <laughs> I, I'm walking along. This is this turning into that fat Patrick Stewart fucking story. I, I thought I'd like to see a naked. No, he, he saw <laughs> he saw, <laughs> suddenly a clothes fall off. No, he saw this woman from like and I back. see <laughs> No, that's all I could think. I'm driving along, and um, it's, it's too late. So I've seen everything. Saw by this that. woman, and as he, and, and she looked quite stunning from the back. He said, right. And he, as he went past her, he thought, I wonder if she's as nice from the front as she is from the back. So he drove, as he drove past her, he turned left, but turned the wheel at the same time and scraped down a row of cars. <laughs> and then he had to go back to explain to his relatively new wife's parents what had happened. And my dad, being my dad, just walked in and went, yeah, I was just looking at some blonde. (laughs) (laughs) And yeah, so yeah, sex appeal costs lives. That's why I don't have any. (laughs) Well, there we are. um... But then then, it went to credits in a bit of a strange place because it's like, are, are they still mates or I don't know, right? Um, cause Dom, he gives Dom like, he, he basically lets Dom go, doesn't he? Yeah. Uh, but Becca said there was a post credit scene and I didn't know. I didn't know. No, I, I sort of wondered, oh, I wonder if there is, cause I know it, that was kind of like, obviously Marvel really popularised it, but it kind of wasn't much of like a thing as it is now. And I kind of thought, oh, I wonder if there is like an end credit scene. And there's right at the very end, I think on some, I don't have the home release, um, but um, yeah, there is a there is an end credits on this one. Um, don't really lose much. Kind of see him. Right here we go. Here's the line, Dave. Who's going to do it? You or me? Well, it, it, apparently, uh, all I could think was is Becca said you see him driving the Charger through Baja, and all I could think was Baja. I ain't got anything in Baja. Baja. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, a, a bunch of us did like um a, a Bond quiz, and there was there was a, a section about. Diamonds are forever, and literally all of us weren't like bar. I'm glad we're not the only one. I don't have anything bar. Yeah. So I'm glad so, I'm not the only one. So yeah, but I've only ever heard of Baja twice because I'm not from that country. I've heard lots Baja's of places, California. but there's a few places Baja, I haven't Mexico. heard from, and I've only ever heard of it in that context. But anyway, so yeah. Um, so basically, you just see him drive through Mexico, basically. Yeah, it's just. I thought, yeah, I thought Baja was in California, but I don't know, whatever. Baja, that's okay. All right, fair enough. So I didn't see the scene. So anyway, the point is, um, yeah, that's it. It's just showing he's away and free and bonded with this car. That'll become a big deal for him through the rest he, of the series. Yeah, he's bonded with Brian's car. Well, yeah, the Charger, actually. But I think it is. But anyway. Oh, no, because his car's fucked. Maybe mm. he came back and got it. Is he in the Charger in the post-sequence? 
No, he's in. He's in Brian's. He's in the way of the red car, basically. Oh well, that's not as meaningful at all. <laughs> Great, because he's because that crash at the end. Yes, where but he he's does in flip... Brian's car, so he's taking a bit of Brian with him. He's inside. He's, he's inside a bit of Brian. <laughs> um, yes, that crash he has when he's like, "Oh, he's a nice young man, right?" Yeah. He does flip several times, and you can quite see clearly see there's a man in there. And a bald man at that. So they've 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 either used a very convincing dummy or someone's in that car for some of that accident. Mm-hmm. Because it is shot from a couple of different angles. So yeah, it's quite impressive. So that was the Fast and the Furious folks. We're yeah. underway. We are well my fear underway. Is, my fear is next week. I, I remember really struggling with actually the next two, but particularly two. Because it's just the whole dialogue of the film is dude and bro. But anyway, as for this one, um, I can't remember when I last saw Point Break, if indeed I've seen Point Break. So I'm not going to talk about it as, as a perspective of a remake or a rehash of that in any way. It works in what it's trying to do. What it's trying to do is, is quite modest. I was quite surprised in, say, 2009 or even 11 that we were up to like five entries and Mm. it was still popular. And if anything, it was getting more popular. So, and in fact, we know that was the case, but you could actually see evidence it was getting more popular before it got really big. And I was always surprised that such an unassuming series became that. And when you actually rewatch the film, that that feeling really is there. It's like, I'm amazed this is still around. Not because it's terrible, but it's quite a small film in a lot of ways. Um, And it's fine. Um, considering it's a pretty straightforward you know actioner the two lead men are really good they've got quite a lot of chemistry the women are terribly wasted in this um criminally they, wasted. They, they, they are you wouldn't have had to give them a lot more i'm not saying they've got to be equal to the two leads but it's like they're you know throw them a bone not just a not just a boner um it's fine i i had a reasonable time with it i enjoyed it more than the only other occasion i've seen it but what's coming at, certainly at points in this series is in a different league to this stuff but it's it's decent enough yeah Becca well you know what um, I think yeah the sort of main reviews at the time said basically it was pretty dumb um, but hugely entertaining um, and that's one thing that runs all the way through this series. Like, it will, you know, unless you do know about cars, unless you're all petrohead and have a real passion for cars and, and everything that goes on under the under the hood, under the bonnet. Um, then Basically, you, you about one percent of the population that knows as much as me and Chris. <laughs> I'm sure you'll get more out of it, and you know, you can you can appreciate more about what, what goes on. Um, but even you know, even to like people like us three, sort of just casual viewers. Um, and especially fans of you know action action through the genre as well, um, you'll get a lot out of this because they are whatever naysayers may say, hugely entertaining. So you know, I come away from this film thinking, mm, yeah, it's a bit silly, but you know, had a good time. Action's really good. Um, you can, I think, we sort of joke about it, but kind of seeing the relationship between um, Brian and Dom in that light, you can get a bit more for it. it is when, if you kind of look at it in that slant of it kind of being not not a straight kind of re- wrong, you know poor choice of words a direct remake of of point break but if you kind of look at it in that slant that kind of adds you know an extra dimension um especially see how that's kind of played out um as you know as as the years go on 
Um, but yeah, no, I think I'm, you know, gonna have, even though I'm not much of a car person, I'm still gonna have really good fun with this series. Some of the car stuff that's coming is great. I mean, bizarre, bizarrely, in comparison to what's coming, this feels so small and grounded. <laughs> Chris, yeah, I mean, I was, I mean, you know, it's never gonna be like one I would go back to. I mean, I think I'd probably start with like maybe um, the fourth onwards. Um, just to kind of like you know, because that's kind of where the kind of turning point really starts. It, start, it starts there, and it really hits its stride in five. Yeah. From memory, from memory, it's been a while since I've seen. This. No, well, that, yeah, because that's where uh, uh, the rock comes into it as well, doesn't it? But um, yeah. yeah, you know, I I can I can understand why this was like a hit at the time because it's a very serviceable, you know. Uh, retelling of Point Break. Essentially, it's 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 very much a, a bromance, you know, um, which doesn't. You we're, we're joking about it, but it's not a bad thing at all. No, I mean, it, I was just thinking, it's not something you see that often. I don't think, is it really? Uh, and I and I wonder whether yeah, it's and, like. And don't don't confuse bromance with buddy. Yeah, it's not the same thing. I mean, buddy comedies, buddy cop team ups, buddy lots of things have been a thing for years. Um, I mean, you look at the Peg and Frost stuff, there's a degree of the characters loving each other there, but it still falls more into the buddy category. Um, th- this degree of like a genuinely platonic love isn't mm. isn't that often, no. Uh, which surprised me, because I think there's probably, you know, like box office goal to to dig in that kind of, in that kind of element. But... Um... <laughs> Yeah, uh, I, 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 I was actually quite surprised how much, um, you know, Vin Diesel commands the screen. You know, he he does actually stand out as like, oh my god, this this new guy, he's he's someone to watch. Um, yeah, may, well, you know, I, I suppose he he still does to to a degree because you know he, he does you know he does have his own brand. He's got this and he does command the screen when his... it took him a while to commit to it yeah um i think he thought there was more out there for him but i don't think that was a question of him looking down his nose at this i think circumstances brought him back to it and i um, think it's something he does care about now yeah but obviously but you can once... never see how it's going to go at the time do you well, really i mean hindsight is a wonderful thing but yeah i kind of agree that kind of like he's like now it's not just out of you know he's, as you say he did sort of look down his nose at it but obviously now it is something that that he cares about and is very close to his heart and is is a very big part of him. I don't know if he did. I mean, what he did have was he had the Riddick franchise. He had this and he thought Triple X was going to be a big thing. So it was a question of he probably couldn't run all three of them at the same time. That's that's probably it's probably no more than that. Plus, I think he made his directorial debut somewhere around the mid 2000s. Um, I think it was just competing things. But I think, you know, over the years, and, and of course, what the, the series he walked away from is not the one he rejoined. Is it, really? Yeah. I mean, it's not a cameo at the end of Tokyo Drift. But... I mean, it just, just make me kind of think that maybe he kind of always had his eye coming back to the series and doing what is. Yeah, it was it was more scheduling than it was attitude. It was more like, well, Could I can't be. do all of this. I mean, I'm, I'm not sure how much of a producer he was and in, well, in two specifically. I don't know whether he like, completely left the series or... I don't know. I'd, yeah, I'd, we I'd see him to... at the end of Tokyo Drift. We won't talk about it now for people who are going along with us in the series. Uh, but there's a weird timeline quirk mm. that we'll get to. You know what I'm on about, don't you, Chris? Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, um, and we'll, we'll come to it. Um, 
But he, do, he does have a little cameo at the end of three. I don't Should think say that's the really... handline. It's a support. The funny thing is, it's a surprise at the time, but I don't consider it a spoiler because it's not going to really ruin anything. He just pops up and you go, oh, look, I think Diesel's there, look. Yeah. Um, you may not have known it was coming, but it's not going to be like, a, oh, you ruined something major. Uh, yeah, it, the, ta- the, ha- the timeline is all to do with Han. And by extension, Jason Statham's character. We'll come back to it. And in no way uh, aging, uh, uh, was it Lucas? What's his name? Uh, Lucas Black. I don't know. I don't know. I, I do have a... I do, he's back to being like contracted for several now, but I'd, whether he's in nine, I don't know. You see him briefly in a later film, but um, we'll get to it. I might enjoy Tokyo Drift this time. I don't know. But my memory at the time was it's a bit like when, a, when as a kid the Duke of, the lead, the leads changed in the Dukes of Hazard, and it's suddenly another couple of guys, and you're like, what's the point of this? Um, I was a little bit like that. It's, it's like watching the, the director DV American Pie movies, isn't it? It's like yeah, it's like all right, Stifler's dad might turn up in a cameo, <laughs> a la Vin Diesel, but it's yeah, it's just the cheaper knockoff. Um, what I will be looking for when I get to it though is Justin Lin has proved very very adept with action so I wouldn't be surprised if when I revisit it with a critical eye it works Hmm. because he's very good at that stuff next week's is John Singleton Um, John Singleton made his name with Boys in the Hood wasn't it? Yeah. Um, uh, but when you look at his career I mean he died very very young he died died not that long ago in his 50s I think he was Um, we'll talk more about John Singleton next week but when you look at his filmography he didn't deliver what was promised. It's kind of like a low-rent Brian Singer, in that Brian Singer started with the usual suspects, and you thought, my God, what a visionary voice. Um, and I say low-rent because he did have some success afterwards, like X-Men and stuff. But when when you look back on Brian Singer now, forget the personal stuff, I'd literally just mean the filmography. It's not what was promised in 1995, and I think John Singleton's in the same boat. You watch, he made Boys in the Hood when he was very young. Mm. And you just thought, what sort of career is this guy going to have? And when you look at it, it's mainly disappointing. And uh, we'll talk about that next week. What I can't remember with two is what the action is like. But it does introduce another one of the sort of crew that are going to come into all of this. Um, yeah, he died at 51, John Singleton. Um, yeah, that was really shocking, wasn't it? It was a shock. We weren't expecting it. No, as, as you say, he was no age. Yeah, he made he made the first of the Shaft remakes with Samuel L. Jackson, but yeah, he started with Boys. That's an interesting film. And it was just like, what sort of career is this guy going to have? And it it didn't match that. But we'll talk about it next week. But yeah, we're off to a decent start here with Rob Cohen, who, who probably, I suppose, Triple X aside, never reached these heights again. Um, he's a bit of a sort of job in director these days, although he's somewhat of a name. What else can we? The thing is, though, I've just talked for ages, but that is literally all I know about this film, Chris. Um, what Fast Two? No, well, yeah, I had to talk about Fast Two because I don't know very much about this film. Well, it's yeah, quite embarrassing. Because... Really, trouble is, I thought I was getting away with it, but you've seen through the mirage. Well, you kind of not, you know, you... mirage. You... You only saw is it, it the, like is it the way I kept saying the second film and naming guy a guy who had nothing to do with this one. I think you've. I think it's because you've like not had a. You saw it in cinema release. I think it's probably led to it. Because um, like, you know I hadn't seen it in cinema release. I saw it on DVD like you. So um, maybe if we hand 
our expertise over to uh, someone else you've seen on on DVD recently. <laughs> so you're saying once again that our be- our best path to I'm saying third third be- times the charm. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> someone, what you're saying is basically find someone who knows literally about as much as us, and they'll teach us loads. Yes, that's a great idea, Becca. <laughs> Let's do that. Yeah, as I said at the top of the show, I probably won't give you facts about films because I don't know a lot about cars. So, <laughs> but yes, anyway, I've got five fun facts about this movie. Fun fact number one, as we mentioned earlier, the um, pizza delivery guy who gets stopped when the radio's all blocked up is actually the film's director. In a kind of Hitchcock cameo like we mentioned about last time. Yeah, but um, he actually directed it, so I'm all right with that. Yeah, so it's all right. Yeah. <laughs> I just think it's quite fun. It's not, it's not important... You know, it's just it's a fun thing. Um, everyone, you know, likes to get like likes to have a go and try and do that. Why not? Um, fun fact number two: um, music in the film was created by BT. No, not that one. Um, AKA Brian Transit, largely known as the pioneer of EDM. Um, so he had a hit song in 2003 called I can't pronounce the name. So Numberlist, simply being loved. Um, and he sort of pioneered like within that genre of music, like a stutter edit. I was one of the first people to kind of to use it in in music. Um, I think I don't know if it's still because I haven't kept up to date with it, unfortunately. Um, but in 2003, it had um, it entered into the Guinness Book of World Records because it had like the highest number of vocal edits. I think it was like over 6,000 edits, um, which I think is pretty cool. Um, now it's probably a bit passe, I guess, in the genre. But as I say, I haven't kept up to, up to date with it, unfortunately. Um, fun fact number three: during this series, Vin Diesel mainly drives like domestic US cars. Um, I think in the series. He does drive many American cars. He kind of rarely, rarely strays from that. Um, He's from... largely American muscle car. He is, yeah. That's pretty much. That's what, fairly that, that's, defining that's kind of the, the type that's associated with him. Yeah, when I see him in something that isn't in character, it doesn't look right. He no, it leaps out. Should, I think there's one from where he drives a BMW, and it's like what. Yeah, no, it, it fits the character. He's American muscle. It really muscle. does, yeah. Obviously, he's come uh, driving as something that is very personal to him. Um, it's it's, in his blood, it's from his family, so quite it makes sense for him to be driving that, that sort of car. Yeah, some, he's quite often driving the oldest car of all yeah, of them. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. The yeah. coolest looking car. Yeah, definitely. It's a nice era of cars, full stop. They do look cool, definitely. Mm. Um, it's, it's one of those films where like, it'll... I'd say even if you're not into cars, it'll, if, it, if there's a scene where there's like a cool driving scene or a cool chase scene, it kind of makes you think, oh, I want to go back and watch that. Or so it kind of it inspires that kind of um, I don't know, sort of nostalgia for an earlier age. Um, so what else? Yeah, fun fact number four: uh, Neptune's Nap is actually a real iconic seafood restaurant that you can visit um, along the Pacific Coast Highway in Malibu. Um, mentioning Point Break. We previously saw it in that film. Is that where the, t- the two of them had a romantic That's where they have the romantic dinner time, <laughs> eating yeah. shrimp. Mm. And we also see it again in Iron Man 3. Um, and fun fact number five, excuse me, uh, Rob Cohen wanted to emphasise overlooked locations in and around um, downtown LA. Um, so we see a lot of Echo Park, for example, mm. where, you know, where they all live. Um, and there's that scene where Brian chases the bikers down the slope. I saw um, that, yeah. No, street, that, so that's obviously like, a, a well, of course I saw it. I was watching <laughs> That was a pointless contribution, wasn't it? You that went, was. they, they, you saw that's a scene there, and I went, I've thing. seen that. It's like, yeah, you watched the fucking. Yeah, you have seen that. Yes. <laughs> Brilliant. You saw that as well. Well done. <laughs> yeah, I think literally I, I saw that scene and was like, I wonder. And they said, oh, yeah, we um, put in that reference to the 
classic Steve McQueen movie. So you've got to do it, really, haven't you? It's got to be done. So. Steve McQueen's still the coolest man of all time. He's just cool. Legend, whatever he does. Mm. Still cool. Many years on. Mm. Well, that, that was, I would say fun, but I feel actually really informed. That's fun, folks. <laughs> Chris well, we all learned something. You didn't know that the delivery guy was the driver, and I didn't uh, know that Eminem uh, was uh, considered uh, to uh, the lead role. So. And you didn't know I'd been paying attention at key points in the film. I know, <laughs> so I'm surprised. We've all each other here. I mean, to be honest, I mean, if I wasn't informed or, or, or felt like enjoyment in some sort of like funness from from listening to Becker's fun facts, um, I would just be disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I had that in the trailer. I, I, had to, to, I, had, I, had to, I had to squeeze it again. Squeeze it in again. Like <laughs> <You had> to... <laughs> I had I think to... Chris. It's been a long day. Bless him. It has been a long day. Well, thank you so much for waiting. welcome. As for social media, you can find me at the Pasty Kid nineteen seventy six on Twitter. Uh, you can find me on Cinematrucks on Twitter. You can also find all of the old episodes at cinematrucks.uk. Uh, on Twitter, you can follow us at the Expect Us Talk. You can drop us an email expectstalk@gmail.com, or you can find us on Facebook. And we are across all the usual places where you would find your podcasts. So do check us out. I'll all do right. a full list next week. That's all right. Don't forget to throw in your own. Bigger and bigger. Don't forget to throw in your own handle now and again, because like people do talk to you sometimes. Um, if you want to, yeah, you can follow me at RV Movies on Twitter. Yeah, we don't have to, but like, yeah, she does. But actually, now I do. Like, you are active on there. I will one day change yeah. it and do something else, but no. No, you won't. No, you won't. No. You won't. It'll just be on your gravestone. You know. I will. Andrews, Tornia died there. We can combine them all, actually. We have your name, a date, and birth. We, then we put under the former Batman. Everything and I meant to do. Under that, I meant to change my Twitter handle. And then finally, disappointed. <laughs> disappointed. All right, we're underway. So next week, John Singleton's entry, which means Becca. Do you expect to talk? We'll return with Too Fast, Too Furious. <laughs>